hooks up everything. With hockey still eons away, we'll slow down this week to talk about the St. Louis Blues in deep detail. We live in the show me state, so it's time for us to show you whether this is a playoff team or not. Plus, we'll put our flame suits on to dive deep into your hot takes. It's all ahead, so let's get started and let's get hot. Feeling Feeling Thursday, November 5th, and we are here. We are reunited, and it feels so good, as it always does. It's remember, been... remember the 5th of November. Oh, ooh, I I don't don't they that. say that for any November? Because yeah. it rhymes well, with, yeah, with it's not, ember. Yeah, remember, remember true. the 6th of December. <laughs> oh, shit. Watch out. Uh, it's been, uh, what? It's been like a month since we've seen each other in the flesh, mm-hmm. in the nude. <laughs> Corporeal. <laughs> there we go. That was, we're not was ghosts. that the last time we were together? That was the first time in Florida, I think. Mm. Uh, we are here in suburban St. Louis. It is a Thursday night. I'm drinking a Funky Buddha Floridian beer, which... Give me a taste of that. Yeah, you want some? It's pretty good. Yeah, you want some? That's Go get it. <laughs> um, uh, we are sitting here. It smells <laughs> of hops, which is one of the four or maybe five ingredients included in your basic beer. That's right. And sniffing it deeply to investigate the aroma. You know how it goes. It has, it has beer-like tones. Terrible. <laughs> people, people like that. Oh, you're not an ASMR anti-ASMR person. This is what I picture the podcast being. How is it? It's good. <laughs> I would I would drink six of these. Well, thank God, because that's how many you got, buddy. I brought back beer from my trip to Florida. Um, of all weeks to linger on Florida, maybe not. Maybe this isn't the one, you know. But, Stephen, uh, talk to me about every state in the every, country. You want me to break it down? Now let me tell you about Maricopa County. Yeah, okay? can you zoom in a on every county that I did not know existed a week ago and won't remember existed one week from now? They're always like, you got to check those counties. Ian, I thought of this question earlier today, and I'm only halfway kidding. Do you think we know America's president before we know the St. Louis Blues next cat? 50 <laughs> 50 uh, yikes uh no you know we won't we won't dive deep into the politics you can this hear, is your break from that <laughs> you can hear about that on our affiliate podcast two guys one filibuster filibuster great <laughs> <laughs> great which that's is, a, that's <laughs> happening it's already happened which is not to be confused with our other affiliate podcast two guys one cup which we've talked about at great length in previous episodes <laughs> great length in a perfect okay one of the stories oh, on boy. two guys one cup at oh, great length it's already, <laughs> it's already off the rails we're not even four minutes in how are you doing ian how's life these days 
You're Good. back. You're alive. I'm Corona free. I've always been Corona free. <laughs> you never had it. We but... thought my girlfriend might have had the coronavirus because a patient she was treating did have the coronavirus. But when you're a dentist, you get to wear the mask that we all wear, and then another, you know, the N M. I, you know what I do? I just kind of to make a mm sound oh, yeah, all and the then time. just say 95. Uh, 95. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, wear a regular mask, that mask, and then like a face shield, which I'm sure is very conducive to like when Not the breathing. when the patient's like, what would you like me to do now? And you're like, <laughs> and you're like all right, I'll, I'll try my best, doctor. So, uh. Yeah, so thankfully all of that worked, it would appear. <laughs> Something worked. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we're glad. Stop, yeah. the, stop they, the spread. They don't have to swab your way up by your brain anymore when they do the COVID That's test. That's lovely. I honestly, as I was driving to go get this done, which is fun because they do it in your car or whatever, um, I was slightly worried because I'm like, I don't like, I don't like those feelings so is of, it just like right on the yeah just right that's right yeah that's right where you'd stick your finger to get the good <laughs> stuff you know um i'll tell you i had one uh one coronavirus scare of any significance one time where i saw a guy and was like you have coronavirus <laughs> coronavirus scare sounds like it was like following you down a path in queenie park uh, i didn't like the look of it scares were Last week, much like the Oompa Loompas, I don't like the look of it. That's an Oompa Loompa song original, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Jesus <first>. Christ. <laughs> oh, anyway. If you want to tune out, it's okay. It's <laughs> yeah, okay. It's not getting any better from here. We have had two collective sips of a funky fruit of Floridian beer, and it's not improving. It's all downhill. I think it's got some cyclo cyclocebin or whatever <laughs> oh, they call God that. God knows what's going on down in that state. Um, but... Yeah, I spent the day with a guy who got diagnosed like two days later, and that whole week I was like, not getting tested unless I start to feel something, because I'm not having them tickle my brain. Have you ever had um, a strep throat <laughs> test before? I don't. I'm, I'm sure I did when I was younger. Yeah, for a while. they got to take the the uh, popsicle stick and shove it like all the way to the back of your throat, mm-hmm. and for a split second you gag, and then you're just like, you're, you're dreading like... that second. As a child, I just dreaded yeah. that second. I feel like I would care more about that, less about that. Yeah. I'm just more used to having stuff in my mouth. And now I'm moving <laughs> on. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's, uh, there's nothing, there's no actual hockey news, right? We got a, we got a bullshit episode. We yeah. got to make one up I on mean, the fly. all of the big, fun podcasts that you all listen to uh, before you listen to us, um, they're all pretty much like on their two week break, which to be fair, these people talk about like their breaks. I hear all the time as if like recording a podcast is just like too much. Like, guys, we need a break. And I'm like, yeah, this is an hour long break where you get to talk about shit you care about. Can't imagine you need like a huge break in life from yeah. your podcast. People talk about, uh, listen, I get it. It's not easy. It's a long time. I mean, season. this is, a, yeah. But it's a hard biz. Those people legitimately talk about. When it comes break time, mm-hmm. like covering hockey is going to be the death of them. All right. They talk about a break from the hockey season like coal miners talk about a break 
from there Getting to see the sun. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, two weeks off and well-deserved. And I always think, you guys talk about hockey so much, I can't believe you're going to not do something hockey-related. You're mm-hmm. probably just going to like, I'll go watch some highlights. I'll yeah. go read one of my many hockey books written by old hockey men. Jeff Merrick, I feel like, does not spend one second on hockey outside of the hockey season, though, because he has too many diffuse interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to NHL.com just to see... Uh, what is even... What's the uh, haps? Uh, Ryan Pollock has the, the new deal. Apparently Gustav Nyquist is out five to six months for the Blue Jackets. What you even do, Gustav? Here, let's play a game called Predict How Gustav Nyquist Got Injured. Are they going to put him out to pasture? <laughs> that's, a, that's a timely <laughs> Nyquist racing horse joke. <laughs> that was deep. That was a good one. Very timely. Uh, did Nyquist win the Triple Crown? Or did no. he won Kentucky Derby though, right? Probably, yeah. American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown. Misspelled Pharaoh. Well, that's, how you, that's what you got to do. Yeah, of course. Uh, let's see. After a surgery to repair a labral tear in his left shoulder, this was a chronic issue that Gus... <laughs> folks this is not a not a visual medium but ian and i just shake shook our heads at each other and disgust no way in his native country of wherever sweden yeah that they call him gus let me ask you a question about your first name ian yeah why do british people like it so much i, I don't know and sometimes <laughs> do you notice this trend yeah, yeah, yeah. okay there's it's a very british name because i uh, don't know that i i'm sure i've met an american ian but you know, I, yeah, me. I, well, I'm another American. <laughs> I was, that was a nod to your Peruvian heritage, excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, but yeah, I've just, I've been seeing British Ians all left and right. There is uh, the, the Ian that uh, tra- tosses his baked Alaska in the bin in uh, Great British Baking Show. That's the only time one of those hosts like loses it for just half a second. Yeah. They're like, oh, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and then they go right back to being pleasant. That guy w- was borderline. He had borderline personality <laughs> I've diagnosed that uh, through the screen. Also, Ian with two eyes, which, no. Oh, I-A-I-N? I-A-I-N is how I would pronounce that if I was... I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right with that. Yeah. I've seen, I guess that's even one, it's the whole like evolution of the name. There's I-A-N, then it's I-A-I-N is one step older Don't than that. Don't tell me there's an A-I-A-I-N. There's, no, there's like a I-O-I-N. I think is like Eileen. I think, <laughs> but like that's all related to John. I think it goes back ah. to like the original spelling of John or something. Which if I look up Ian name meaning, is it just gonna say John? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God is gracious. Scottish origin, primarily by parents who are considering baby names for boys. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Not <laughs> a, a cat. What a stilted way to say a boy's name without <laughs> saying it's gendered in any way. Doc Emmerich would be proud. And it is the Celtic version of John. Well, that's cool. Learn something new every day. So, as I was saying, Gustav Nyquist is hurt. <laughs> and that's all the news. That's all we got. So, Did someone sign? Didn't someone else sign Ryan on Pollock? Pollock? Matthew Perot? Uh, all, all these RFAs, these RFAs... Ryan Strom um, signed. Bishop Sagan are out after five months. Bishop? Ben Bishop. Uh, He's out all the time. Is yeah, that dude so, ever going to yeah. play again? No. Uh, it's it's going to be the little things. There's a picture here that says Team Reset Vegas Golden Knights. You don't oh. want to know who's in the picture. 
So sad. <laughs> I looked up Petro stats today, and it showed a Vegas logo next to his name, and it did take me a second. Ooh, here's an art article. Over the Boards Blues Defensive Pair by Mike Zeisberger. Hmm. Blues Defense Pairs, NHL.com's Mike Zeisberger answers weekly questions. Hawaii Blues fan, our very own Twitter fanatic, not ours, but, you know, Blues, you know, shout out. Ours. Um, yeah, ours, the one that we own. <laughs> that, we is own. A, that is an a affiliate. dummy account for uh, Ian, a burner account. Um, <laughs> a Hawaii Blues fan asks, what do you think the St. Louis Blues defense should look like? Many think Tory Krug should pair with Colton Pareko, but I think he should pair with Justin Falk to provide a more balanced defense. Both in terms of total ice time and abilities. The balance would be that that line would be very bad and another line would be very good. No, I kid. No one can replace what former Captain Alex Petrangelo brought to the Blues. Thank you. Uh, But Krug, who agreed to a seven-year yada yada yada, uh, is an outstanding player in his own right. I like a potential Krug-Pareko defense pair. Krug, 5'9", is all about speed and would be an ideal complement to the much bigger Pareko, 6'6", 230, who I feel is underrated, especially when it comes to his play in the defensive zone. Pareko's physical style and defense-first attitude would allow Krug the freedom to skate up the ice and be creative, which is one of the things he does best. Such a setup would allow Marco Scandella and Falk to form the second pair. Scandella would take care of the defensive end and allow Falk... To jump into the play, when you top when your top two pairs are Krug Pareko and Scandella Falk, it seems like an ideal fit for five on five play. Uh, and then in his video, he has Dunnerson as the final pair. All right. So uh, speaking of Colton Pareko, what a beautiful transition! You know, it took us ten minutes to get there. Ten minutes, thirteen minutes of absolute nonsense, but we got there. Thanks for hanging in there. <laughs> You know, this is what the folks come here for. They don't come here for the logical common sense take. Um, The uh, St. Louis Blues are obviously, indeed, in fact, without Alex Petrangelo. Um, They are uh, now looking at a defense that, as we talked about in recent weeks, is uh, shockingly different from... um, what it was when we won the Stanley Cup without Jay Bomeister and Alex Petrangelo and Joel Edmondson. Mm. Uh, Vince Dunn's status also still up, the, up in the air, although... Oh, we'll talk about it. There's some hot takes. Ooh, are there? Oh, when we get to mm-hmm. our hot... I gotcha, 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 mm-hmm. gotcha. But uh, I think what we haven't talked maybe enough about is Colton Pareko himself. Uh, and... Uh, I think let's do that a little bit. What do you think, since you prepared all these notes? Yeah, yeah. Would you like to take us through what you've prepared? What I've prepared? Is this a meeting, Stephen? Um, yes, let me share my screen with you. Should we take this you. offline? Oh, don't. Don't. don't no <laughs> jokes. No jokes. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it today a little bit, but I feel like with getting Tori Krug and losing Petrangelo, and then there's been a lot of focus on Falk, and how he'll hopefully bounce back in his in his sophomore year here with the Blues. It seems like in the shuffle, Pareko has been lost a little bit. When really he's kind of the the cornerstone piece now. He's like the most important defenseman we have, and yet we seem to be talking about him the least. Um, some of that might just be because everyone assumes him stepping into the number one defensive role is you know something he's going to be able to easily do. And I do think it's something that will be easy but it'll be it'll be a transition as well i think it'll, there might be some 
some rocky roads with that, but I think it's something that he's capable of doing. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things I think generally is I have a lot of issues with this kind of, well, he'll just mature into an X form of a player. It's like, no, he isn't going to be Alex Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. That's just not going to happen, you know, and that's fine because there's only five or ten Alex Petrangelo's in the league, and he's probably in the next tier of defensemen. Mm-hmm. But you gave that up, and, you know, we talked about that ad nauseum, no reason to relitigate that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think this Doug, Pre- Doug Pareko, Doug Armstrong quote is pretty telling. I've talked to Colton, and in my view, it's his team on the back end right now. Oh, I bet it is. <laughs> he's the alpha male. Oh, oh Doug, that, yeah, oh, oh boy. Oh, boy, oh, Dougie, Dougie, Dougie. He's been here the longest. I guess that's true. Yeah. Carl Gunnarsson? I guess Gunnarsson, but like... No, Pareko was probably here first, though. Drafted? Yeah, I suppose. Uh, he's got the games to be... He's got the game to be the alpha male. And he wants the challenge. And he's hunting. He's hunting, yeah. Uh, Pareko says, yeah, for sure I'm excited. It's tough to say I'm ready. Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready is the right word, because I'm ready to do my job every year. So I don't look at it like you say, number one. I just do my job to the best of my abilities. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the challenge. That's Colton Pareko saying, I fucking hated Alex Petrangelo, <laughs> and I wanted him gone. I was always trying to be number one, but I was never good enough. Uh, yeah, what numbers am I looking at here? Uh, so the top charts here on this notes page are for Pareko, and the bottom charts are for Petrangelo, just to get a nice sort of side-by-side. So you folks can't see this. That's true. But um, it's actually not as unfavorable to Pareko as I thought it might be, except shorthanded. Mm-hmm. Uh, shorthanded and severely unfavorable to Pareko. And then, of course, we don't really have effective power play numbers for Pareko because he didn't have power play time which i'm not sure he will need to now yeah it's um, interesting and, and krug you would think would be the kind of power play guys i think the power play units for this year can be very interesting because yeah those two seem like the de facto power play guys but it also feels like do you load up and put them both on the same power play uh-huh. do you only go with one defenseman on both power plays and so now all the defenseman spots are spoken for and there's no pareko yeah i mean i think it's uh I think it's interesting we can talk about that more as we get closer, but I think it probably makes sense more to have like a loaded power play one unit mm-hmm. and just ride them a lot instead of, you know, do with the like 90 seconds, 30 seconds thing instead of trying to have, build two equal units when you mm-hmm. don't necessarily have the personnel for that. But um, in any case, uh, Pareko, you know, strong time on ice and time on ice for games. Played number who cares. Uh, weak in the expected goals plus minus relative to um, uh, Petrangelo, especially weak in the expected goals for percentage uh, relative to his teammates, uh, weak at goals creation here. Uh, but then when you get down in the territory of isolated goals and goals versus expected goals, uh, high quality chances, uh, he actually outpaces uh, Petrangelo a little bit in high quality chances. And then in you, when you get down to some of the real defensive metrics, he arguably is a little better in, in you know, turnover differential and shot blocking and uh, relative relative rank. I don't know what that is. I guess that's just an overall ranking. It's, of an, inta- it's an intangible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's uh, we'll tweet these out so you can see them, see what we're talking about. 
you know, it's at a glance, which is all these charts can really tell you. Obviously, Colton Pareko is not the player that Alex Petrangelo is. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think we need to be expecting that because we let Alex Petrangelo walk, you know, and that's, you're going to have a lesser player and that's fine. Um, we, uh, we still, we have a very different defense than we used to. And we are a team built on defense. And that's why I think this season, as we talked about the, in the past, is still so up in the air. You know, because there's just... You just don't know. You just don't... There's so many questions about this team, and you just don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not... You are not. You can't expect Alex Colton Pareko to suddenly be a 50-point player, I don't think, which Petrangelo has typically been when he's healthy. Um, so what can what can you expect? Do you think with his increased five on five ice time? You know, I mean, if he gets to thirty five, it's like thir- forty. Thirty five is his career high in then, both uh, 2016, 17, and seventeen eighteen. And maybe if he pushes up to forty, mm-hmm. but he did. Did he have that much of an ice time differential as it was? I mean, he didn't just judging by this chart. You know, um, not necessarily. Not really. I mean. Over, it seems like he's averaged across his whole career here. Uh, this last five seasons is 21 minutes, 45 seconds. So, you know, that's pretty good. I mean, that's second pairing minutes, but it's not like... I get Petrangelo's might have been playing like 24, 25, things like that. But, like, I think I think Pareko's gotten the taste of that sometimes in the playoffs as well. You know, a little bit higher stakes games, but also him being out on the ice a lot more, especially with Bo Meester. I just wonder about him. He's pretty good defensively, but it seemed like his best defensive days. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like his best defensive days were with Bowmeister, and now with Bowmeister out of the picture. And if you're pairing Pareko with Krug, who's not, who's most certainly not the defensive partner that Bowmeister was, I don't, I don't know if Pareko is like that stay-at-home guy. We talk about him a lot like that, but it seems like. I don't know. feels like I see some people go, yeah, he's a stay-at-home guy, he's great at defense, and I hear other people talk about, oh, he needs to have more offense. And then I hear people talk about, oh, he's already a good two-way player, and it just feels like um, feels like someone's going to be upset mm-hmm. in the long run. I don't mind if he's a stay-at-home guy and Krug turns into our offensive player on the top pairing. That's fine. Um, it's just that I don't, I don't know. He's got 10 career, or his best season goals-wise for Pareko is 10. And I don't see him getting many more than that, even on a top pairing. Um, Petrangelo wasn't like a crazy goal scorer, except for like yeah. one of those years where he kind of was off to a hot start, had like 15 or something by the end of the season. So like, I don't think Pareko is ever going to be that, and that's okay. Um, he's sort of like Patrick Berglund in the sense that Patrick Berglund had a really good rookie season, and they settled into like being a fine third line center and then people were pissed about that but it was like well but he you know he's not what you thought he was going to be but he's fine for what he is Preco, obviously not Berglund, but i mean it seemed like at the beginning people were like oh damn this dude's going to push petrangelo for his job and then it didn't turn into that you know i've seen people on twitter say oh you know they were always battling for the first position like they were not i mean Preco was trying sure but like it wasn't like a close fight or anything so 
I just think people need to, I hope people are okay with him being a number one overall defenseman. He is going to be that de facto, uh, you know, just because of playing on the right side and being here long enough. And he's our best right-hand defenseman right now. Um, he's. It's just, I don't want people to think that he's going to be Petrangelo. Or I yeah. don't want people to be upset when it turns out that Tory Krug is getting more points and he's getting the ice time and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just think he's a different kind of number one defenseman. Not all number one defensemen are Petrangelo. Some are better, supposedly. But then, you know, a lot of them are, are not going to be, yeah, allegedly, are not going to be as good. And that's okay. That doesn't make your team necessarily, like, They'll never win the cup again or whatever with this. It just means you're kind of adjusting the team. That's mm-hmm. just not there anymore. It's a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think um, I think on the other side, this isn't just beat up on Colton Brego time. The, the positive note here is you know you're handing the team over to a very, very stable player that you know exactly what you're getting. Mm-hmm. You don't, it, the, you know, most teams could not lose their number one overall cornerstone defenseman and be in as good of shape as we are. Mm-hmm. Most teams do not have a Colton Pareko who is not who is a number two defenseman. Most for most teams, a Colton Pareko is a number one because they don't have anyone better. So it's not like we've just doomed ourselves. I and mean, I don't think either of us are trying to paint that picture. It's just that the reality is that the mixture has changed, and the mixture has changed considerably beyond Pareko himself, which, mm-hmm. as you you know, we don't know what Krug is. I mean, we know what he has been, and we know what he could and should be here, but we don't know what he is on this team or who he fits with yet as a line mate, what his role is. Uh, we don't know what Justin Falk is without kind of the job uncertainty and the chaos. We don't know if he improves or if he is, you know, kind of settled into this new mold of our stoner child that we love, but we're also disappointed by. Um, much like our actual stoner child who will remain nameless. But, you know. We've adopted. <laughs> we did. We chose poorly. <laughs> um, but, you know, so that's, you don't know, you don't really know what Scandella is over a full season. Um that's a weird call to me, honestly, still. He was fine here. He was good. He was good. It's not, I don't think he's going to be a bad player. Sort of same thing as Pareko. Uh, I just think extending him before you knew what Petrangelo was or knew what Dunn was is strange. Mm-hmm. But here here we are. And he's here and he's signed and he's going to be a part of the team. He's going to be a top four defenseman. I think he'll be fine. You know, but you don't know. That's a top four, What, however you want to look at them, Petrangelo, Pareko, and Falk, and Scandell, and, and Krug. You know, four of the three of those four have less than 100 games with the Blues. Two of them have less than 50 games with the Blues. And that's a lot of turnover. And that's, you know, and that's just, we're entering the season with that, plus without Alex Dean who I know people want to scoff at and want to say that he was, you know, a non-factor or an anchor on this team, but you don't know what the leadership aspect is. Mm-hmm. Um, you're without Vladimir Tarasenko, um, you know, other guys, Pat Maroon has left, you know, in the last couple of years. It's a big change. And so I think it is reasonable 
as we've talked about a lot, and we'll probably keep beating this drum, to just kind of enter with a uh, a tabula rasa, as the uh, oh god uptight erudite scholars would say, a blank slate, um, and just look at things as uh, as a new team because that's what we have. We have a new team. It's going to have a new captain. It's going to have a new defensive core. Um, it's got you know it's got a new assistant coach. Um, it's a it's a brand new structure, and there's going to be good elements of that and bad elements of that, and we have to prepare for all of that. So, with that kind of in mind, we have a lot of hot takes here. Do you want to jump right into that, or do you want to talk about kind of individual players, or do you want to kind of talk about individual players by talking about the hot takes? Because I feel like a lot of them. Do yeah, cover. I think I think the latter. I think it kind of blends yeah. those two together. Because I had some fuck thoughts as well. And I was like, you know what? People have some hot takes on Fox. So this is I... me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water bottle. Uh, so I was like, Fox, we can use them there. Water is scarce in this part of the country. Yeah, these are, Stephen, and I've, I've been told, trying times <laughs> in these in these uncertain times, Stephen. Oh, boy. And yeah. they, they've never been... Have you ever been more certain of the times? Because I'm starting to get no, very I'm, certain. I know I'm, of these times. Yeah, I'm, I do not like them, but I'm yeah, certain of them. Yeah, I'm like 100% certain. Part of me is kind of like, eh, I'm done with them. I'm done with these times. Next times. Please. Next time. I get, I, we'll, we'll steer away, but I get worried sometimes that like, is this just it now? And I don't even mean with COVID. I just mean Life. just the general world that happens around us. And I'm like, wow. Fuck. <laughs> I'm just like, woof. We'll take this offline. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it offline. Ian has some very strong... My my eyes are glazing over <laughs> uh, as the enormity of the universe is crashing in upon me. That's right. So a couple <laughs> weeks ago, we asked for your hot takes, and you brought it, folks. You really did bring it. We didn't ask um, for this money. Please stop. No, you went too far. <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of different t- thoughts, and it's great for us because it gives us essentially an entire episode. Um, You've so done it. You've you fed all. us. Uh, these all of them? Yep. Nice. Uh, we killed it. They were, folks were great. Uh, Garrett Kochner, our friend Garrett Kochner, um, his mom, uh, as my brother, has spent a lot of times at the election board. That was, uh, for those people, long week. Uh, just I, yeah. say, <laughs> um, I think Shout I thank out to, those to people. poll workers and... Um, and just all election board people. I, that was random. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, made me think of it. Those people work their butts off. Except, did you hear about... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But did you hear that at one St. Charles Polk polling place, someone who had tested positive oh, yeah, 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 worked yeah, 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 yeah. and is already dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yikes. All folks, right. Folks, this thing will not do anything to you. Or it will just immediately kill you. Yeah, it seems like no in between. It it's... seems like a flip a coin, flip a hundred-sided die, and it will come up once. You've heard the tremendous uh, T.I. song, No Mediocre. There is no mediocre for COVID-19. It either, it's either all the way or none of the way. <laughs> uh, Garrett says, let Dunn sign an offer sheet and bring in Perunovic. Better yet, trade Sanford or Blay and Dunn's rights. For a taller, solid top six winger, uh, I'm not. I'm not okay. No, I'm not. I'm not actually dead set against the bottom one. If you could pull that off, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. 
where Dunn fits on this team long term now. Backed up on the left, baby. It's back. He's got too many people ahead of him, yeah. and he's got too many people behind him. I don't know where him. Scott Perunovic fits on the team, quite frankly, but he at least can, you know, get bottom pairing, and then you know we can probably trade Scandell in a year or two. But like, I guess you could play. Does Perunovic? Perunovic plays the left side, but is he a righty? I think he's a lefty. Okay. Why am I? Why am I getting someone well, mixed up? up that we have? I thought we had someone that like. Mitch Reinke, maybe? Scott Perunovich is a lefty. But does he play right? Does he play on the right side? Or did he play on the right side of Minnesota? Uh, I feel like I read that somewhere. I could be wrong. So I could be let's wrong. Google Scott Perunovich. Do it. Right We're doing it live. All. Google is powerful. Uh, yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know. Anyways, I guess my point was... We have Robert Bortuzzo currently slotted to play the right side of our third pairing, and it's a third pairing D, so like the least of your concerns, I suppose, on this team. But when no, you have a lot we of. We should definitely shore that up. Yeah, we I was like. should not be expecting either, Perun- right. either Gunnarsson or Bortuzzo. To I don't play. like that. Yeah, put Mikola there, put Prunovich there, yeah. put somebody I think else that's there. Mikola, I think. I mean, if you. 82 games, you have to give it sight unseen to one of Mikola Perunovic, one of Mikola Gunnarsson or Bortuzzo. You're taking Mikola, yeah, right? Sight unseen. I don't want that. I don't like Bortuzzo Mikola 82 games. three or four games. I mean, he looked fine. He didn't look lost. Well, it's the thing. He looked fine. And if you have him on the third pairing, which I'm supposing he probably was back then, too, it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be shelter minutes. And I think he's. I think he's going to be a really good stay-at-home guy for this team if yeah. we keep him around. So, yeah, I think if you do that and you give Prunovic some time in the AHL that should supposedly be happening, that's probably all right. Or, like you said, or like Garrett said, you know, Dunn signs an offer sheet. Maybe trade his rights, but is it too late? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I would rather you sign him and trade him for more than the value of a second-round pick because mm-hmm. I think you can get that. Uh, and you probably can if you just let him sign an offer sheet and walk for mm. the, you know, bracketed compensation. Um, is Tyler Tucker a person? Is he going to make it to this team? Is he in the yeah, AHL currently? I think this will be, be his first AHL season. Oh, okay, okay. He's gotcha. a guy, though, that... Um, he's like a third-pairing guy. Yeah, but he's a guy that we drafted in the seventh round, you know, just mm. kind of took a shot on him, and he really exploded not only... Overall, but really particularly in the offensive end with Barry mm. in the OHL, and so. Um, Anyways, just seems like a lot of people. No, but I coming. do. I do think that's. I mean, I think Tyler Tucker's an interesting player because he's a guy that you don't know what his long-term outlook is. But he's twenty. He'll be with Springfield this year. Um, he had uh, four. For the, let's do math. Uh, 56 <laughs> points uh, between Barry and the Flint Firebirds last year. He was traded. In uh, 55 games, he had 59 and 68 the years before that. So, um, you know, he really took a step in after his draft year. Uh, and so I don't think that's a name to forget in terms of the long-term outlook of this team, especially if he continues to evolve, then obviously you really have something. But um, that's a good point. Uh, to Garrett's point here, I don't. I really don't know what the Dunn situation is. I, I think he's fantastic. I want him to be a long-term piece of this team but i'm not sure he's ever going to get craig berube's full trust 
uh, and Faith. Dumb did, you know, I can't deny he looked awful in the bubble playoffs. A lot of people did, so mm-hmm. I'm not trying to single him out, but he did look terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I just don't know where he is. If he's your third-pairing guy, that's fine, but I think you're squandering a lot of uh, what makes him great, which is, you know, puck possession and being in the offensive zone and such. So if you let him sign an offer for sheet and you want to try Perunovic or if you trade him, uh, I'm not against either of those things. Garrett also said even hotter take, Jimmy Howard uh, signs with the Blues after Bennington gets injured and leads the team and wins. Contract structure will be similar to Bradour's. Well, I think that's technically left the realm of hot takes and entered the realm of soothsaying. Uh, but, you know, if that comes true, then I will certainly, uh, you know, nominate Garrett for a witch trial of some sort. Uh, Garrett and I have actually talked about uh, the possibility of, of Jimmy Howard being the type of guy that the Blues bring in uh, to compete with Huso and Camp. Yeah. Uh, and I could see that on a PTO because he remains unsigned. Well, that's um, why we got Gillies. That is not why we got it. <laughs> um, I, you know, if he if he really wants that Brian Elliott type who who has some established NHL credentials uh, and can actually give make Husa sweat a little bit, I think Howard is the kind of guy that I can see doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blues have you know been linked to him in rumors and trades before Bennington uh, arose and and took over the scene. So it'll be interesting. Bennington after those playoffs. Um, you know, just an overall not as good 2019-20, but especially in those bubble playoffs, also a big, big question mark. Uh, Jesse James uh, at Blues Rink Rat tweets, Huso wins 20 games. Uh, I think that's possible with a condensed schedule. I don't know how many they're going to put him out for even then. 20 um, games. But if he starts 30 and, you know, wins two out of every three, it's not out of the realm of possibility. That's too hot for me. Too hot? Oh, Ian, there's much hotter on this oh, list. Think too you, hot? I think you need to brace yourself. Oh, uh, <laughs> Llama Pen NHL. Uh, Robert Thomas will be the best player on the team next year. He already yeah, is Llama Pen. Come on. He is elite. elite. Uh, it's not, you know, he's if he takes the step, if he becomes... The great thing about Robert Thomas is if he becomes what we think he will become, there will be that year where he completely breaks out and sort of takes the league by storm. And this year will make a lot of sense. He's obviously going to have a highlighted role compared to recent seasons. Uh, He'll be playing for his contract future. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, honestly, he's he's been a luxury for the Blues in a third role, third line capacity until recently. And this is a year where they really need him to be a player. Uh, so, you know, I don't think he's a guy that's going to cave under the pressure. Former OHL playoff MVP doesn't seem to be the type. So, mm. uh, yeah, I certainly could see him stepping up, whether he'll actually, you know, outperform Ryan O'Reilly or Braden Shin is it kind of remains to be seen. But whether he, you know, looks like the best player, he's already done that at times. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see him get some reps at center in the top six. I know he's probably not going to get as many because... O'Reilly's an obvious center, and Shen, who has played some wing, really just likes playing center here, and that's where we've pretty much played him for his, all the seasons he's been here thus far, so I get that that's going to kind of um, put Thomas and Tarasenko's spot on the right wing on the top line there, but I do kind of hope he gets some looks at center, just just to keep his center, uh, his center fresh. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Tommy Hummel tweets, but for a real hot take, I believe he'd had one earlier that we'll get to in a minute. Uh, Tarasenko never tops 20 goals in a season again. Aw. Um, I mean, I see, I see the narrative. Mm-hmm. I sure hope it's not true. It's, again, sort of a soothsaying realm. Um, but I, I think there's no question we have to have real long-term concern about Tarasenko's health mm-hmm. because he's injured the same shoulder three times. And he's a sniper that needs that shoulder. <laughs> it's my shooting shoulder, I mean, as they say in Mother Russia. Because it's been so long, because it's been kind of a Fabry situation or even a Perron situation before that where he's just been gone for forever, I... It's not like I forget about him, but I essentially, it's in my head, it's like he's been traded, more or less, you know? I just don't think of him as being on the Blues, because he hasn't played, you know, he played a couple playoff games, but, like, he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't played on this team in forever. So, I mean, I hope he, I hope he comes back and he's great. I think he'll get more than 20 goals in the season after this. What I worry about is the longevity of it, where I'm like, oh, he had a good season, you know, 26 goals after being out for so long and then the next season he feels off again and it's like okay buddy it's over i saw someone that on twitter today that i kind of conversed with that i think was i don't know if they were worried but they were basically talking about the cap situation and they were saying you know who knows what will tarasenko's next contract will be and all i could think was like not 7.5 baby that's it's lower and if he and if he if that dude has an amazing whatever it is three seasons left on his contract, amazing three seasons. He goes, man, I want whatever nine. nine or whatever. I find it so much, despite this team's offensive woes, so much more palatable to be like, bye, than I do than I did to saying goodbye to Petrangelo. Yeah. Oh, like no if he wants over what he's making, that sounds really mean, but basically if he wants over what he's making now, which I think is what this person on Twitter was implying, to then, be older, yeah, than to be history. yeah. No man. People don't remember Tarasenko's contract was thought of as a good deal at the time, mm-hmm. and by one year later, it was highway robbery compared yeah. to some of the seven point five is a great deal that have been signed and how good he'd already been. I mean, he had a forty goal season before he signed that, didn't he, or did he have his first forty right after? Uh, might have been right after. Uh, but. but in any case, I mean, he would, there was no question about his trajectory or his skill, um, and yeah, I just. <sighs> It sucks. I hope it. I hope it's great. I yeah, hope I do too. There I mean, will, nothing will make me happier than to see him totally recover and push towards four hundred goals as a blue, five hundred goals as a blue. Give him a light, nice, long, healthy, additional contract and see him retire here. I mean, he's, you know, he's kind of the player. He's he's sort of as it's sort of like, uh, you know, um, Petrangelo is like the super ego of of this generation and and tarasenko is kind of like the id you know he's just like the emotional yeah. uh, heart and soul of the team and in kind of the goofy fun well you know at times he's been very serious and you know the apologizing for the disappointment and everything and and he very clearly wears this team and the city on his sleeve and i certainly want him to succeed more than just about any other player but i do think uh, to tommy's point here you have to be realistic about how long a road he has to come back um, and, you know, how hard it will be for him to establish himself as truly healthy. Thank God, honestly, thank God this happened with, you know, three years left in his deal rather than one year uh, because if you had to kind of make the decision on in this upcoming yeah. year, uh, 
that'd be pretty much impossible. But uh, we'll see. We'll ho hopefully, you know, and I think Tommy would agree that he's hopefully wrong. Uh, I don't think Tommy's celebrating that hot take. but We don't know. That could um, be an even hotter take. Maybe. I, mean, I hate Colton and uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, washed up Tendi tweets, Falk will outproduce Pareko offensively. I guess this normally isn't a hot take, but after last season, it definitely is. Ian, your thoughts? Yeah, I think he, I think, I don't think that's much of a hot take. Again, I would guess I would agree after last season. Mm -hmm. Yes. But, uh, he ended with 16 points last year in 69 games. Nice. nice. Um, <laughs> so nice. Except for Jamie Benn. Oh Jamie yeah. No, Jamie number. Benn hates 69. <laughs> He's more of a 68, <laughs> but uh, just right before, and then he bounces. Let's see, Fox career high in points is 49 in 82 games in the 14-15 season, and then after that, he's pretty much been 37, 37, 31, 35, and then 16 this past year. So it seems relatively plausible that he would be able to get at least 30 more again. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's doable. Yeah. I would hope so, and I think with the ex, with the extra power play time, with a solid spot as a second pair right D, and not having to be shoved playing the left side, which he never looked comfortable playing. Um, I think that's I don't think that's as hot a take as you would think. Yeah, if I've learned anything from NHL EA Sports games, it is that as, with a right-handed defenseman, it is extremely easy to find a lane and snipe the puck top corner over the goalie's defensive shoulder. Sally. So as long as Fox just does that, we'll snipe and Sally, there's no problem. Uh, but no, I do think, yeah, I think it's not, it's only a hot take in, in the vacuum of last season and in the vacuum of this team and kind of the inflated expectations for Colton Pareko. Justin Falk is and always has been the better offensive zone player. Uh, he, when we traded for him, was like, first or top five or something in goals by a defenseman over the last five years power mm. play goals by a defenseman something he was really high on something um <laughs> he was high on something the weed that he constantly the wacky weed <laughs> disappointed uh but uh <laughs> you know we're gonna urge him this season uh ian and i to get out of the our basement you know to get some reps on the ice um you know, there may be some jack-in-the-box tacos in it for him if he works really hard and even presses us, and we'll see where it goes. But, uh, you know, I do I do think it's possible. I think it's possible he, you know, I, I hope they give a good look to a Falk-Krug power play back end and mm -hmm. just see if both of, if you know, I mean, if, if Falk can be Carolina Falk and Krug can be Boston Krug on the same power play unit... That's going to be a lethal power play unit. So I want to see what that looks like. Um, and I don't see that as, as far-fetched at all, although I agree it is it is spicy given, you know, spicy. kind of people's opinions on the two in this city. I was like, Falk um, also had, like, significantly less shots on goal last year. It was 147, but was pacing for, like, 175 in 82 games. And that's, over the last couple of years, that's a good 50 less, mm -hmm. like, for the season. So, I mean, he just wasn't even in a in a position necessarily to take those shots or was just tentative given his new role and everything. So I hope if we can bump those numbers up, bump those offensive numbers up with them. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Michael Peltz at Peltz, Michael P-E-L-T-S 
if you don't know how to spell Michael, you know, Google it. Um, Vince Dunn should be on the top pair with Pareko. He and Krug should each get upwards of 21 minutes a night. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with this. Don't think it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a very big Vince Dunn fan. I know uh, from our history at the Hockey Writers that Michael is as well. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, I just don't see it happening under Craig Berube. I think that's one of Craig Berube's real misses, um, which is, it's so interesting to me that um, that uh, Armstrong then went out and signed Tory Krug, which is like the ultimate Vince Dunn. Yeah, and a... you could say, well, yeah, but Tory Krug hits people, but Vince Dunn's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty much, I mean, I they're pretty much kind of the get, same player. Well, yeah, they one's really just older, older and more seasoned. Which at least our top defensive prospect isn't also the exact same player. So uh, we got uh, three Vince Dunn's yeah, now of yeah. varying ages it's, and types. Uh, that's uh, where we're at. So you know, have you ever gotten like a Volpix and then you got on a Lowland Volpix oh, and then and is there then, a Galarian Vol? You know, there is. I'm let's sure. That's uh, poison type. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, they're all the same, but they're they're different. Mustache, you know. Yeah, yeah. Folks, there's a there's a joke of like a meme of being able to say like you know, we already had a Vince Dunn, Vince Dunn at home. Oh yeah, yeah. Is Vince Dunn at home? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't we have Tory Krug? Can we have Tory Krug, Mom? We have the Tory Krug at home, yeah. and that's just it's Vince Dunn. Dunn yeah, um, you got it. There we go. Uh, Ray Verrilli's blue gloves, gloves at KMW504 tweets Pareko will be moved for a top six. That's hot. It's not true. Uh, Scorching. I am interested. Uh, that's got to be a top three, baby. I ain't moving yeah. Pareko for a top six. I'm moving for a top if one. If you can get me, I don't know, Matthew Kachuk. Um, Why not? I mean, something you know, uh, Matthew Barzell. Which you probably can't, <laughs> you know, like that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking if it's a young guy that you can control for a long time. Um, nobody in the like Mike Hoffman tier. Nobody in the, you know, kind of. Mike Brent, Hoffman's Brandon still available. Saad, even like a Nazem Kadri tier, like no thanks. No, no, no. top three um, on your on your top line. And I mean. He did tweet, to his credit, he tweeted this after Petrangelo had signed. So he's not a, this he's a bold man. But um, I don't think it's very likely. It'd be interesting, it'd be chaos. If your right side is Falk and like Gunnarsson and Mikula, oh baby. Uh, Falk, Mikula, Branke, let's do it. But um, it, uh, it'd be interesting. Uh, Can Blues, at Can Blues fan says Thomas breaks out. Talked about that earlier. Um, I disagree. I hope, <laughs> I hope. I mean, I think it's probably true, but who knows? Give me a 60 plus point season, baby. Tommy Hummel is back. Um, and he tweets Blues should dangle their 2021 first. Zach Sanford and Colton Prick of four. Drum roll, please. Aaron Ekblad. Ian, your thoughts? No, thank you. <laughs> He's the first overall pick in 2014, and that's the story. Um, Aaron Eckblad's fine. I would not trade all of those things for Aaron Eckblad. Yeah, I'm not disinterested in Aaron Eckblad. You make that... I'm not trading Colton Pareko for Aaron Eckblad straight up. Yeah. 
That's my problem. You make it a first and Zach Samford and Justin Vaught for Colton Pareko or for Aaron Ekblad, and we mm-hmm. can swap those kind of bad contracts. Aaron Ekblad's also on a real bad contract, isn't he? Mm, yeah, it's too high. Oh, no. It's like it's, over $7 yeah, million. Like way too high. Oh. Um, you can't be paying Aaron Ekblad that much money and Bobrovsky. What are you doing? It is $7.5 million through 2025. He lost us Alex Petrangelo. They pointed at Aaron Ekblad and said, this motherfucker's making $7.5 <laughs> million. I deserve much more than um, him. And then Doug Armstrong's hands were tied. Uh, Gibbs, uh, we all know it, Gibbs on Twitter, um, tweets, uh, Costum will be outproducing Kairou once he's given his chance with top lines and power play time to use his big body in front of the net. He also tweets, Kairou will be an AHL all-star once again. Um, this is wrong. I am a very, very big fan of Gibbs. I think he's a great guy. Uh, he does have a very strong prejudice against Jordan Cairo. I don't know what it is. Something um, happened. If he's listening to this, I'm just being honest. This is what I see on Twitter. Uh, Jordan Cairo will probably be a very big star or a superstar in this league. He is the exact make and model of the modern budding uh, top six forward. Elite speed, incredible skating. Uh, great hockey IQ. You couldn't want anything more from this guy. Uh, there are people, I am not saying Ash is among them, but it's possible uh, that just tend to like bigger bodies over speed and skill players. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's not the direction of the NHL. I'm not saying Quinn Costum won't be a good NHL player. I'm not saying Quim Costin won't be a great NHL player, but Quim Costin has had a lot longer in North American professional leagues to prove that he can do it at the NHL level. Jordan Kyrou met the AHL for one season, became an all-star, and proved that he was too good for that league. I know that Jordan Kyrou hasn't been elite in the NHL yet. He was one of our best forwards in the playoffs. He didn't score a lot, but he also didn't embarrass himself constantly, <laughs> which several of the others did. So, um, it's a hot take. I, you know, it is a hot take, and I'm happy to disagree with Gibbs. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of his personally. This is not one that I believe has a lot of merit to it. I think... I think Jordan Cairo will be a very big star in this league. I think he gets a little bit of that. Oh, but he's a big OHL points guy, and every guy who scored a lot of points in the OHL is Ty Ratty, you know? Mm-hmm. Ty Ratty uh, syndrome. Let alone that, you know, Connor McDavid's a guy who scored a lot of points in the OHL. Yeah, but he's just a really good Ty Ratty. <laughs> <laughs> he's the best Ty Ratty there ever was. He's the elite of the elite Ty Ratties. Uh, Ravi Fabry, who I believe Gibbs is a big fan of. Um, maybe I'm confusing him with somebody else, but also a guy who scored a lot of points in the OHL that we were pretty fond of, and a lot of Blues fans still are. So, you know, the Cairo dislike... I mean, there's the Cairo will be an AHL All-Star thing is out of the question because he is clearly an everyday NHL player. Even if it's not working, he's not getting sent down. We don't have alternatives. Mm-hmm. So. They talked about it with Armstrong, and we talked about it last week, I think. Yeah. Or, yeah, like, Kyrie's just going to be playing. He might sit a game or two just for whatever reason, but it's not going to be an extended amount where he's, like, your 13th forward that rotates in. He's got a role on this team, and they, they want to see what he is. He's and. A- 
under Yo. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Was it under Yo that my, Robert Thomas had that like eight out of nine games where he was benched? That was under Yo before Berube took over, right? Yeah, I think so. What a what an insane, insane. Uh, that the was right call was made. Well, I mean, he did blossom. He matured. Uh, man, Costin. That's the other thing is I want to see Costin up here, and I hear his name all the time from fans. But like, it seems like management. Just, I mean, I don't know if it's because he doesn't have a spot or what. And I'm not saying like he's a bad player. He's never going to get his chance. But like, if you're going to try and weigh to me, Kyra versus Costin, and be like, oh, I think Costin's way better. It's like clearly management doesn't see it that way yeah. like yeah they're competing they're essentially competing for the same spot and i just don't with due respect and again i'm not trying to pick any on anyone in particular but i see this a lot on on twitter which i guess is a breeding ground for bad <laughs> opinions but like there's just a lot of like and it's not just cost in a cairo at all it's not this take in particular but there's a lot of like well i've just decided this player will be better and it's like, okay, prove to show me any point in their developmental history that indicates that's true. Mm-hmm. I know Nikita Kucherov came out of the second or third round and was the best player in a god-awful draft. I get that it can happen. Why have you picked this random guy, <laughs> you know? Because Clem Costin, look, we talked about it last year when we made the prospect pyramid. Clem Costin hasn't proved it yet in North America. I'm not giving up. I see all the tools. I see the potential. He looked pretty good in his, in his you know, drink of water in uh, his cup of coffee, as they say, in the mm-hmm. NHL last season. He got his first goal. It's great. The Sully, go watch it again. It'll warm your heart. Literally, go watch it. It will make you happy and make you think of when hockey was here. But the guy hasn't proved anything. And I'm not saying Kyra has proved a lot other than being an OHL MVP and an, and an AHL All-Star. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is, again, it's not, that doesn't mean he's going to be an NHL All-Star or an NHL MVP. It does mean that at every level to this point in his development, and he is, what, 20, 21 probably? Uh, he has 22 now, but he's he's done what you'd expect to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just don't, I just do not see a reason to doubt this guy. Uh, and I think it's any, you know, I just think it's that kind of prejudice that some people have against speedier players and, um, you know, uh, whatever it, it's, it's fine, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of over it. <laughs> uh, Justin Bobbitt says Falk for MVP with a smiley face. I think Justin was kidding a little bit, but I think there's a case, you know, if you, if you look at. MVP not necessarily is truly the very best player with the highest point total, but as the player who kind of most outperformed what you would expect, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's impossible for Falk. I think Falk really could turn some heads this year. He's the Jack Adams Just award. enough heads to get drafted by the Seattle Kraken. Okay. Uh, I got I got a bone yeah. for this, and we'll talk about it ad nauseum when uh, as we approach next summer, or we whenever should, this. We should spend some time this summer talking about that, yeah, because it is interesting to think a year in advance. So unless they like, there's reason that Seattle would want Justin Falk in the sense that a he's he's a good defenseman, he's on the right side, you need a righty, um, 
and you got to hit the cap floor. You know, you act, they have to get some yeah. players that have money. So I understand that and it's possible they could take him. It sucks for us. It really does suck for us. Well, that's the thing. But that's not a bad contract based on what he had been. No. And based on what right-handed defensemen go for. It really is not. It's too long. And it was really bad for us because it ultimately cost us Alex Petrangelo. But it's not an aberrant contract. It's not this paying, you know, five years, five million for Justin Abdulkader or whatever. Or even Alex Steen's contract. You know, it's not that sort of a thing. But tell me, who's going to replace him when he's gone? That's also very true. Nobody. Like, that's the thing. Unless you make a move, nobody. That's the thing is, like... This is not, and my I have, thinking I have he, to remind if we myself. Let him walk, my yeah. thinking is you have to sign or trade for somebody. Well, that's the thing. I have to remind myself that this is not something where it's like, oh, in three or four years when he's gone, when Seattle takes him. No, it would be after yeah. this season. We don't have anyone. We we just talked about Robert Bortuzzo possibly being our third pairing defenseman on the right side because he's our our other righty, other than Mitch Ranky. You know, so if you get rid of. Falk, are you, are you playing Rob Bertuzzo on your second pairing? Certainly not. But are you going to pay play Prunovich there? Are you going to play Mikola there? Like it just seems like I'd probably not either. Especially after like possibly no NHL time this year for either of those guys. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you going to do? It just seems like I think Justin Falk, and we'll we'll see it this year. But like A is going to bounce back, and B is just going to prove to be like. A steady player back there, which it sometimes I get. It's like, oh, six point five million for a steady player. Yeah, man, like that's gonna. It's I feel bad for him already because I feel like if he doesn't even bounce back this season, let's say he has twenty five points or something, that people are gonna be like, see, I'm so sick of this guy. He needs to go. And no matter what he does from that point on, it's just gonna be people just riding this fucking ass about like how he's just not very good and all this other stuff. And it's like even if he doesn't live up to what you hoped he would be. I don't think he's ever going to be a bad player back there. You're going to need to have him. You need to have somebody back there, and especially over the course of, you know, past this year. So I just, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily even in the Blues' best interest to have him taken. I'm not necessarily saying protect Justin Falk in the expansion draft, but I'm just saying if he does get picked, I don't know other than for cap reasons that you should be celebrating, like, oh, we finally got this dude off our team. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I think there's a lot of unnecessary prejudice against Justin Falk right now. And we're just going to have to see how he is this season. If he's garbage another season, then it starts to be a real problem. But mm. I think it's not fair to judge on last season. Uh, since you brought it up, let's play the game real quick. We, there's the little calculator mm. on capfriendly.com, which has a page for everything. Uh, you protect seven, defensemen, seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or eight uh, players and one goalie. Um, uh, this is a little confusing because it doesn't have everyone you'd need to protect highlighted. Um, I don't know what the 40 game rule is. Do you? Oh, I know what that is. They had to play more than 40 games the season before. Um, I think, but in any case, uh, Tarasenko, presumably you're still protecting, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan O'Reilly, Let's Braden Shin's still here. Let's assume Jaden Schwartz resigns. You're protecting him. Uh, so you have three three more forwards. Uh, Tyler Bozak's gone at this point. Alexander Steen is gone at this point. David Perron has one year left on his deal. <laughs> I know the joke. I know it's the joke. Uh, 
you're also looking at guys like Sunquist, Blay, Sanford uh, that need protection. Robert Thomas, obviously, you're protecting. I don't think you'll have to protect Cairo if I'm understanding correctly. Man, honestly, after what do we have? You said seven four. If you yeah. go the seven three, we don't even have like seven fours you need to protect. No, no, I don't think you do. I'm just it's kind of interesting to no, think. no, yeah. I'm I just... think I think you do pr- protect Perron. I think he's been yeah, way too good yeah, why for not? You yeah. to let him walk again. I, I mean, it's he... a mistake. He's yeah. got to be a Seattle Kraken. Well, I mean, that's... it'd be sad. but um, And Thomas, obviously. Obviously, if you have to protect Thomas and Kyrie, those are your other two. Mm. But this is kind of an interesting question. You have to protect one of Sunquist, Blay, Sanford, and Barbashev. Uh, which one are you picking? Uh, I wonder if I even have an answer Wow. Not, not um, right off the bat, and I like all these players, generally speaking, but right off the bat, I think Barber shoves out. Like, he's not being yeah. protected because, like, he's fourth line. I love him, but, like, so that's fine. I'm like, oh, well. Yeah, I'll reel be my favorite Seattle Kraken. <laughs> um, the Blues, by the way, do not have any players that they will have to protect. Well, yeah, because of all those clauses, or lack of the clauses. That is the flip side of the Petrangelo coin. You look at a team like uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning who have to protect Steven Stamkos, and I sure bet they wish they didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's see. um, I part of me wants to say Sunquest just because he's been he's been a very uh, his good two way player. Proved the highest ceiling. Yeah. And of these guys. Boy and Stanford, you know, this, I, that's I, one where like either of them could have a twenty-five goal season, and then you're like, okay, well then I'm. I think in them. order of protection, I would go. <laughs> I would go Sunquist first, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess Sunquist, Sanford, Blay, Barbashev. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Your three defensemen: Krug, mm-hmm. Pareko. Mm-hmm. Let's assume. Vince Dunn resigns for the purposes of this. Mm-hmm. You get to protect one of Justin Falk, Marco Scandella, or Vince Dunn. Obviously, it's not Marco Scandella. <laughs> with no. with due respect, I think that's the one pretty clearly I, that you know yeah, you're protecting. If Vince Dunn resigns and he's been is improving and yada yada, then I think you protect him, yeah. and you just you see if they take Falk, and if they don't, no big deal. Um, if Vince Dunn is just, I don't know, you still have him, but you're like, Ooh, um, I think I'd protect Falk just because I'm like, we need, we need three good defensemen. And if Vince Dunn at that point's not the best, isn't the best fit for your top four and you let that expose Falk and then they take him, then you've got two, you've got a top pairing. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's pretty self-explanatory. And then Bennington, presumably if you re-sign him, um, you know, I don't think you're going to protect Huso over Bennington. I've got a hot take. That dude's gone. You think so? It's I, very possible. I think it's one of two things. He is bad this season, or, you know, not as good. And I guess we do re-sign him, but it's like, we're all very much like, oh boy, I don't know if this is going to work out, you know, sort of thing. And he's signing uh-huh. a reduced number. Or he's really good, and that dude's gone, guys. Oh, you've seen the person. We I we love Jordan Bennington. He won us the cup, yada yada. But you've seen the personality. Yeah. The guy's just the the dude's hot shit. I mean, and that's fine. That's cool. That's great. But like that does not bode well for yeah. contract negotiations. No. Is all. No, it sure doesn't. He and would, that he would not. That dude 
all I don't, I'm not sure he's gone. I don't know. Yeah. But he's not given a hometown discount. Oh, no. He's not like, oh, thank God the Blues finally took a chance on me. I can stay here forever. You're paying that guy market value easily when you resign him. And th- market price on a yeah. bad day. Yeah. And, like, that's fine. Like, it's nothing against him. I just think part of me thinks this will this will be really fun. This will be an interesting year because if he's gone, if he leaves, you know, huh? Yeah. Not even if Huso plays well this year. No, that's not a starter. So you're going out on the market. I'm pretty sure to go get yourself a goalie <laughs> yeah. and uh, neat. It's gonna be just like this year, where every goalie just shifts one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the thing. I wish if we if we were gonna lose Bennington we a year, I wish we yeah, I wish we would have lost him this year yeah. because we could have gotten one of these shifty goalies. Yeah. But I think the goalie market next year is shitty, which is why he's gonna be able to demand a shit ton too. Because like, come on, baby. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could trade for one year of wasted Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> that makes me think he's like super drunk. Yeah. Well, oh, here comes that. a wasted Mark Andre Fleury. So if you're the Seattle Kraken, yeah, you have um, to choose between Sammy Blay, Zach Sanford, Ivan Barbashev, or Justin Falk or Marco Scandell. I don't think there's any question it's one of those defensemen. Yeah. I know we don't love either of those contracts. Those are both very serviceable, perfectly experienced NHL defensemen. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know what everyone else has to offer, but I think I'd take Scandella. Like, what yeah. is he going to be? Like, one or two more years on his contract? Uh, f- 3275 through 2024. By the way, now that Petrangelo is gone, mm-hmm. that's fine. That's great. I mean, mm. it really is. I mean, the dude was fine last year with us. Mm. That's nothing. You're not pay- you're paying a, a top four guy less than four. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not not even just slightly less than four either. Barely above three. Um, yeah, I mean, it. We can we can joke and and wish and pray that they take Justin Falk. Uh, I think the point you made is is very valid. If we don't have a backup plan, it's not smart to leave him unprotected. However, I also don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility they do take him. Mm-hmm. He's a cornerstone, you know, for a, for a fledgling team. The the Kraken are screwed, man. I mean, they are so screwed by the expectations the Vegas Golden Knights set up for them. Mm-hmm. They, if they're a team that finishes with the 15th overall pick, they're very middle of the pack, they fought all the way to the end for a playoff spot and didn't get it. They'll be considered a total disappointment. And by the measuring stick of expansion teams, that's laughable, you know? Hmm. I think, um, I don't know, the only thing that makes me think they're not going to take Falk and it would be if they were uh, sort of modeling themselves after Vegas is his contract's too long. It's not even the money, it's the length. Yeah. I think a lot of these, a lot of these, the Although one... Vegas- has all those contracts now. Well, now they do. Once the people were there. But that's the thing is, like, to start, you kind of want to have a team that's, like, so flexible. It's like, do we like this team? If we do, we can extend you guys. Mm-hmm. But if we don't, we can just let everyone walk yeah. and just start yeah. over again. That makes sense. Uh, they do have, on the other hand, that Bruckheimer money, baby. So, they oh, yeah. worried about the You got that Pirates money, baby. Uh, Tim Hackala, back to our hot takes, uh, tweets, assuming an 82-game NHL season, Sanford leads the Blues with 30 goals. Woo! Spicy. 
Thomas exceeds 50 assists. Woo! Double spicy. Mm -hmm. And uh, Justin Falk leads all Blues defensemen in time on ice. Uh, I will hand it to Tim. That's uh, Those are perfectly measured hot takes because they are hot, but they're not insane. Mm. They're not impossible. You see the narrative for each of them. I don't think Samford probably gets to 30. Um, get 20, obviously. We do need to remember looking at his last season numbers that four of those goals did come in one game. A great the, game. The Patrick but... Line effect, mm-hmm. as they call it. Except unlike Patrick Line, his team did not win that game. Also unlike Patrick Line, his team likes him. Didn't Patrick Line have twenty five goals that season and five of them were against us in one game? Mm-hmm. Or was it thirty? I think you pushed a thirty and it was a sixth of them. That Again, that thirty goal score plus this team doesn't like him. That that may have been the lowest point for the Blues. What year was that? Two years ago. Was it? Right? Yeah, that was that was while Yo was still here. Oh, okay. No! No! Think that was early that. Baruby. Oh, was it? I think that was when... Because oh. you remember how we all spun this narrative that Baruby turned the team around, but he very much did not. We still sucked poopy pants for like a month. But the underlying half. stats were good, minus all the goals we were letting in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we really... Uh, Patrick Line, a five goal game. Let's see. He's probably had five of those. Uh, November 24th, 2018. Yeah, that would have been right after. Yeah. That would have probably been like first game. That's probably like third or fourth game for Baruby, right? Uh, Craig Baruby named head coach. I want to say it was like the 17th or 18th. Uh, year relief duties. Baruby named head coach. Nineteenth, uh, yeah. so probably his third game. Yeah, because I know he won the fir- lost the first, and won the second. I bet that's his third. We should have fired his ass. Uh, a date that will live in our hearts as the hot dog. <laughs> Fucking worst game I've ever been to in my uh, life, folks. I I don't want to toot our own horn, but if you ever get the chance, go back listen to the intro um, to our Stanley Cup episode. Uh, the one, not the one, the immediate win, uh, the night of, although also fun, but the uh, montage uh, <laughs> that started the next one, we put a lot of work into that. It's and very it's good. Preposterously fun. It will. It brings me up on a on a glum day, just fills my heart with joy. In these uncertain times. Oh boy, are they uncertain! But uh, Oates to Hall is not uncertain that the Blues finish second in the division. They. Do not. I don't think. I think they're locked and loaded as a third place finisher. God, I wish we um, would be one of the other things. I feel like that's what I predict they'll be every year. Mm-hmm. I think every year, no matter what, I'm like, I don't think they're the best in the division, but I don't think they're better than the wild card team. Third in the central it is. You know what will be interesting. Are we finishing second in the division? And what division Ooh. is that? Ooh, there you go. Maybe his, maybe uh, Oates to Hole here is playing 3D chess, baby. Mm. I think he's thinking about the Metro Central sexual division, in which case maybe we are. Then you get the Dallas Stars right out of there, get the Vegas Golden Knights out of there, give us all these crappy teams, If you can get, we are number two. If we can get the Avs and the Stars out of there. I think Oates to Hole. He's got kidneys. Mm, I like it. Uh, my family has this long-running joke of pointing to your head and saying you've got kidneys to indicate how dumb you are, so there you go. 
Uh, the Zombo Apocalypse tweets, Catherine Janney was the 95 Blues version of Yoko Ono. Hard to deny. Hard to deny. I think that's just I'm a fact. Sure, I'm sure she's a kind woman. No, actually, no. And history indicates probably not all that great a woman. Is she still with Brendan Shanahan, though? I think so. Aww, so, like, you know, was it really it's a wrong? It's daddy situation. Yeah. It has a happy ending. Yeah. He has an Enterprise truck to fit all his trophies and... And also she... is all his incestuous children. <laughs> oh, <baby. laughs> uh, not for the kids. Oh, no. I've never thought about that from their perspective. Uh, Dan Buffa, save us. Uh, <laughs> Justin Falk is going to have a great season next year. Uh, you know what? I, I give, I'll give our gut. I'll give our listeners credit. Uh, a lot of Justin Falk hate throughout the season last year. A lot of positive Justin Falk takes here. Yeah. Maybe it's filling well, a void. Well, because they're hot. Yeah. Maybe it's filling a void that we're hoping for, but um, still true. Nick tweets, uh, Blues are still a hot top three team in the West. It's possible because ain't nobody in the Pacific. Uh, well, except Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure we're worse than the Stars. I'm still not, I will never be convinced that the stars are good. It is funny. I'm Without, always, especially yeah, if we just true. talked about Sagan and, and Bishop being out for several months. I'm I'm never gonna believe it. I'm never you're never gonna have enough certainty for me to be like, okay, the stars are actually good. I mean they're fine. I'm not saying they're bad, obviously they went. They to always the have a Yoel Kaki Pakaraka. Yeah, Hakampa. Is that it? No, uh, 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 Kiviranta. That's Yoel Kiviranta. Oh, uh, I was driving down a highway to Indianapolis with our uh, friend and ads correspondent Jordan, listening to that game in the car on the radio, as you do, and just living through his misery. It was, uh, it was not great. It was not, not terrific. I don't. I'm. Yeah. You know, if they don't have Corey Perry, are they really the same Dallas Stars of last year? No. He was the linchpin. Uh, what's his name? Will be another year older. Um, Mira Heiskanen. No. You know, hurtling <laughs> I was like, what's his name? You mean how underrated he oh, is with the God, deflections? Oh, my God. Can I talk to you about how underrated this guy is? God. Doc Emmerich's not around to say ricochet when he uh, deflects pucks anymore either, so the underratedness is just going to increase. The slobbing of the knob of Joe oh, Pavelski is just too much. Oh, get out the dawn, baby, because it's getting soapy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Rose says Kyrie scores 25 goals. Falk going to have a monster year. Uh, neither is impossible. I love it. Kyra scoring 25 goals. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Every problem solved. Chef Boyardee's kiss. Robert Thomas with 68 points. Brandon Bell says probably the most precise of these hot takes. Uh, J.B. Benton's favorite number. <laughs> yeah, 68. He loves uh, it. Maybe he'll score his 68 through Jamie Benton's legs. An appropriate metaphor. Oh, and yeah. to learn more about that... It's going to have to go to the other podcast. The Two Guys, One Cup podcast. <laughs> right. Hashtag, it's not smut. Uh, <laughs> never. It's an art form. Not one time. Patrick Lyons. Pareko gets 15 goals, 6 on the power play. You know what? Even more precise than what? Brandon Bell. I, and I feel like even less, uh, I feel like less hot takey. I think yeah, that's, a, I think that's a good line. I think that's a good line. <laughs> oh, the 6 on the power play is actually the less likely thing yeah, to happen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Chase McDude, hey, uh, says uh, Blue's main focus is on making a strong push to contend in the 2020 
2021-2022 season. Uh, a fun decade. I'm not sure that's not true. Uh, Doug Armstrong has admitted when a season is a transition before and taken a step back and, you know, traded pieces like Schwartz at the deadline. I'm not sure we don't see that again. Um, and I'm not sure. I don't hate it. I'm a guy. We've talked about this before. I love rebuilding. Give me new stuff. I, you know, if you're not winning, I am a big believer, honest to God, if you're not winning, you're losing. You're losing. <laughs> you are. If you are not, the St. Louis Cardinals are the perfect user. Well, that team's just a dumpster fire. Yeah, because John Mazalak's terrible, because John Mazalak's only goal is to be competitive enough to not be non-competitive. Is this dude pinching pennies? Oh, What's the problem? He's just an, he just sucks. I could... This is not the Two Guys One Bat podcast, which is an extant podcast that we record on a regular basis. Don't search for it. Um, <laughs> you got to be invited. But <laughs> um, I hate that dude so much. I <laughs> loathe John Mazalak more than I should. What happened? He put together good teams before. Yeah, but here's the problem. He lost his spark. His brain broke. He lost. He. I don't know if it's Bill DeWitt changed or what happened i mean here's the thing one thing that happened is all of those teams got to built be built around one of the greatest hitters of all time during his mm. prime uh and then he didn't have that hitter anymore but he had built some teams without that hitter that were really good um mm-hmm. yeah he just he's lost his touch he can't he'd be can't figure out which players are good and which players are bad he tosses bad money after ba- good money after bad players and bad money that doesn't convince good players to stay. He's letting Colton Long walk back to back Gold Glove winner uh, that you can have for relatively super cheap. It's just gonna say goodbye because Why? because he sucks because this guy sucks. I love Colton Long, so my take on that particular issue is not unbiased. But this dude sucks and i want him gone and he's never gonna listen to me are they are they in each other's pants listen to me this is gonna be your network moment if you don't know what that movie is go watch it i've heard it's good i also haven't watched it but (laughs) they play they play a scene at sporting events i need people to get up out of their seat (laughs) and i need them to go to their windows and i need them to say john mazalak sucks really bad and i'm not gonna take it anymore because we are letting this happen to us. We are not putting up a big enough protest. Every year we tell ourselves that the one tiny, crappy, shitty t- change that t- dude made to this team puts us just competitive enough to make us relevant. And every year we deceive ourselves. We sneak into the playoffs because we get eight to ten wins out of Cardinals voodoo magic because that's a real thing. I believe it. But we are never good enough to compete look at the freaking dodgers look how good they are people get real this is not a team that can compete nolan arenado does not make this a team that compete can compete we need to rebuild and we certainly need fresh blood in the front office and until we get that we're irrelevant end of rant good very good thanks i feel like i've learned i've learned enough that i can ask you again in a year about the cardinals exactly uh and i look forward to it uh toasty mcsandwich uh, here's a man that knows quality content we've already referenced without me re- realizing it. Uh, Clem Costum with another highlight reel, Sully. I think it's true. I think it'll happen this year. Mm-hmm. I think he will score at least one more goal. <laughs> uh, and Ronster Rash to finish us off. Uh, Co- Costum forces his way into lineup. Huso has a better season 
than Bennington. That second one's hot. Uh, it could be just that Bennington sucks real bad and Hughes says average. That'd be depressing. Um, so sad. I believe it. But no, I don't. Ian, I haven't looked at any of your hot takes yet. Mm. Do you want to black them out real quick so I can't, or should I just look? No, I'm just going to tell you what they are. Okay, well, I'll try to look away because <laughs> it's more interesting if I don't know. Okay, first of all, there will be a goalie controversy this season. I don't think I don't think that's really a hot take because there always is one, but there's definitely going to be a point where Huso's playing like three or four games in a row and like, wow, that guy is... I think has got it, and people are like, "Are we really gonna pay Jordan Bennington like six million dollars next year?" Like, no, no fucking way! And people are gonna start turning, and we're gonna have a new camp, Stephen. Jake Allen left, and we've got a new. We got Huso stands. Billy uh, Huso, not as cute as Jake Allen. Just, it's unfortunate. It is true. Mm-hmm. Jake Allen, very attractive man. Very shy. You know, but good-looking cat. Which adds to the attractiveness, yeah, Stephen. Yeah, you know, dark brooding type. He's uh, so meek. He's broken. He needs fixing, which, you know, many people find attractive. Well, that's why he was on this team for so Billy long. Billy Huso <laughs> will just stare at you with his cold, dead finish eyes. And, uh, you know, finish people don't need fixing. They were perfect when they were made. So mm-hmm. They fix themselves. But <laughs> they just add extra K's to their name and they get magical powers. Uh, Zach Sanford gets 22, I was very specific, plus goals. Because I think Ooh. he was on pace for 22 this year. Ooh, with the four, though. With the four, yeah. I mean, with the four, yeah. Well, but... I mean, he could have 22 in one game, Stephen. <laughs> have a six-goal game he's on pace for. I think he could do it. I think if they keep him on that second line and he blends yeah, well again with O'Reilly and Perron. I believe Zach Sanford has the potential to be a very good player. Zach Sanford has the potential to be a really, really good, you know, Mike Hoffman-level scorer. He just has to figure out the consistency issue. Hmm. Tarasenko plays less than 10 games this season. It's probably true, though. I think that's just likely. I think that's just it's one of those, like, we we evaluated after five months to be reevaluated in a month, and then they're like, and he's got to work, you know, the thing where they Back. say he's activated, oh, but he's maybe. no contact, but then he's we practicing. We also don't know how many games are in this season. Yeah, compressed exactly. Completely. That's why I think that's actually uh, a safe bet. Yeah. Um, Falk improves. As many people have predicted, but Krug becomes this year's, last year's Justin Falk. I think some people might be so hyped up on Krug that all of a sudden they'll be disappointed. And I think he might be so hyped up on, I gotta be the best human being I can be here, that he's not gonna be. Yeah, that's... And I wonder, much like I did with Jean-Gabriel Pajot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When they, at the trade deadline, when he got picked up by the Islanders, or when he got traded for uh, by the Islanders, and I was like, well, here's a team that can't score, and here's a guy that can score, you know, unstoppable object meets immovable object, immovable force. No, no, two objects (laughs) smacked each other. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irresistible force, immovable object. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Like who's gonna give? And we have Tory Krug now, and he's an amazing defender, amazing offensive defenseman, all the time. The but on a te- yeah, on a team that can't score, so it's like, what's it gonna be? It could be both. They could both work. Yeah, they could both work. I get it though. But I don't know. I don't know if they will. And then my hottest take, because I don't believe it at all, but I will say it because 
I've seen it around. Uh, Braden Shen named Blues Captain. Ooh, you think that's true? No, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> Folks, just because he punches people in the... Is, don't David back us him. Is Braden Shen... Luke Shen's brother? Is Braden Shen our highest draft pick? Like our highest, you know, level. He was fourth, right? Third or fourth? Yeah. Or I fifth. guess he is. Right? O'Reilly second round, Schwartz mid first, Thomas mid first, Kyrie second, Braco. Yeah, it was Petrangelo oh, yes. until he just left. Unless Marco Scandell is one of those weird Zach Bogosians where it's like he was no, second overall. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're right. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know if I have hot takes other than ones that have already been said. My hottest one is kind of sad in that this team could definitely miss the playoffs, and I do want people to be prepared for that. I'm not saying I necessarily think that happens. Mm. I think they've got enough grit and, and familiarity with what it takes to do it, but as we've talked about before, I do feel like the range of outcomes for this team is very wide. This would be the season where we miss the playoffs and win the uh, draft lottery, and then we're in a draft that no one gives a shit yeah. about. We draft ourselves a really great Second Zach Sanford. Sanford. <laughs> They're like, oh boy, this guy's going to be such a good Zach Sanford. And you're like, ah, shit. Uh, a real... A real, uh, oh, I keep going to say Olin Nolan, a real Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Where you're like, wow. That's so sad. I know. His brain, his brain bucket didn't work. <laughs> didn't have enough protection. <laughs> uh, I know. Sometimes oh. I, I see that on flyers, like comments like, oh, I think hopefully he's going to be back I next mean, year. I'm listen, like, oh shit, he's on your listen, team. I forgot about him. Listen, I, I would do anything. Just, I don't have any particular love or feeling for nolan patrick it just sucks that he can't even get his career started because of concussions but honestly thank god that there was a team that won a draft lottery they shouldn't thank god that didn't happen to some team that was actually god awful and got the second overall pick you know you imagine if that happened to the kings or the saver yeah that's what it happened to you're right (laughs) the story's already written the narrative's already there which is a good reminder that next week we'll be doing our mystery index probably (laughs) i will say actually uh they already had that happen them they got jack eichel so sad they got rasmus delene um that's a that's an episode i think we've done a whole episode that's a wrap. We hit our allotted time from court order. It's midnight on a Thursday in St. Louis, Missouri. I mean, they don't um, on a Friday then, but not quite. Well, not quite. Look, I, I want to be technical. Uh, we've got three days off this month, Ian, so, you know, go crazy. If oh, maybe. The world. I'm going to sleep, I'm going to eat, and then I'm going to do it again. again. <laughs> <laughs> baby, that's America. You know uh, what? No matter who's president, you can do that oh, every day baby. of the week. You know what? And it, there is a little bit of that in me. It's just like, all right, this is. I felt Ian. I know. I I genuinely know, and I am so sorry that there are a lot of people who are like still hanging on tender hooks about this election, and are genuinely they're genuinely people suffering severe anxiety. Yeah, like things it. are and happening. I am, I am so sorry to them, but as soon as I knew that the Senate was going to be read hmm. and 
and the and the house looks like it's gonna stay blue. Um, great. I don't <laughs> I don't have to care no more. Both of these people, either one of them, is gonna be a lame duck old man sitting in a big empty house. <laughs> tweeting things and i don't care anymore but really more than that my point was more that like i just felt such a wash of relief i feel like we get to the holidays now i was like no i can just get to the holidays no i was i don't remember if i was driving or in the shower these are the only times i think Um, (laughs) one of those two places the other day i was just like why do i feel so weightless and then i was like oh my god i've been i've been like stuck in election mode for like Eight weeks. I literally thought about it. I think it was when the blues were eliminated. My brain was just like, the election's coming. That's all you've got. Um, and then I was in the Florida election. for three weeks. And um, it's over. You know, it's done. I, it's done. I know it's not done. I know that the it'll never be done. It's never going to be done. Uh, but we're past it. So, uh, you know, hockey, we're going to get it back. We've got a misery index still to do prospect pyramid. We got to think of some other gimmicks to fill some time. These are the only two. Maybe we'll do an episode where we talk about uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. We'll do a rewatch of that. West Wing, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. You know, folks, as we often say, two things we say on this show all the time. Review us, please. Mm-hmm. We need it so badly. Do we have any new ones? I'll check. We should check with somebody who has Google Play, um, someone sad and empty who would own an app uh, Android phone and see if we have any re- uh, reviews over there um, but uh, no um, review us if you do if you take the time it's very nice that's number one yeah. and we'll read it on the podcast even if even if it's very mean which which we have done um, but uh, even if it's mean five stars please five stars. <laughs> come on like your Uber driver which is still legal in California by the way good job California. <laughs> uh, five stars please um, but there's free water back here. That's right. Uh, October 13th, 2000. Oh, that's the garbage one. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Got excited. Seemed, seemed recent. Um, uh, the other thing I was going to say. Yeah. Second thing we always say. I, it's, it's gone. What was it going to be? Do you remember? Oh, I mean, I know what it was, what I was going to yeah. say. If there's going to be a third thing of that. It's like, we're, we're trying We'll get better. Oh, we'll get that better. Is one of them. That is definitely one of them. Uh, what? Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Tell us what you want to hear. If there are things you want to hear us talk about, if you're dying to hear the end of our best blues by every number series. We will not do I that. Do think we won't we do it. We should just keep alive as a gimmick that we never fulfill. We'll do one know? of the numbers we haven't done every so often. It is like the opposite of Chekhov's gun. That is there. It is on the mantelpiece. We all know it's there. It's never getting used. <laughs> it was just, it's just set dressing. Cobwebs. Um, but uh, yeah, let us know if you have ideas for shows, ideas for, um, you know, thoughts, interviews. If you want to hook us up with an AH home do, player, we'll do, talk to do them. you want to be interviewed? Do you want to be on the G-Guys We got to practice. I've got a Zoom link. Anybody can join that. We can record from anywhere. It's so easy. <laughs> We're a podcast for the people. Oh, baby. So uh, let us know. Uh, the Funky Buddha has run dry, but Funky Buddha, Funky Buddha lives forever. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, real quick. <laughs> okay, it's gone. Match, the water went down. In a matchup between Funky Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> and human Michael. 
who prevails inside of a steel cage. I think, you know, Funky Buddha lives in all of us, but I think <laughs> human, both of us right now. But I think uh, I think Human Michael though is like. What's the what's the scary part? The the super ego? Uh, I don't no, sound scary. The craziest part. Okay, yeah. that's the id. Fucking yeah. human Michael. Oh, yeah. <laughs> human Michael's gonna God, kill Funky God Buddha. Is my, God is my witness. He is broken. <laughs> oh, folks, it's been a long night, and uh, we've run out of things to say. It's Friday. We started without things to say, folks. We gave you ninety-five minutes of nothing to say. So give us some credit. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll get great, uh, great things ahead, and mm. we'll 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 discuss them. Maybe the Blues will have a new player by next week, but probably not. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have a president by next week, but almost certainly mm-hmm. not. But we'll be here. The presidency has ended. The two guys, one cup <laughs> podcasts, plural, remain. Go check out the other one because we won't be back till next week. And that episode is an hourly production. So uh, until next week, folks, we've said enough. Good night. Stay off Twitter. <laughs>